and welcome to the Automation Conversation podcast, the official podcast of Birmingham Tech Week, brought to you by Spherica, an automation-first managed service provider, and Synaptech, an innovative intelligent automation business. The series will feature insights, engaging conversations, and some challenging questions designed to help simplify the complex topic of automation. Each episode will be hosted by Carl Nicholson, Chief Information Officer at Synaptech and winner of this year's Birmingham Chamber of Commerce Future Faces of Technology and Innovation Award. He'll be joined by a host of fantastic guest speakers to engage you in the automation conversation. Thanks for joining. Over to you, Carl. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Automation Conversation podcast. Automation and the future of talent management is today's topic, uh, and I'm delighted to have with me today uh, Dan Rodriguez from CX Squared. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how technology can help you uh, enhance your employee experience uh, and ultimately give you a competitive advantage, which, long story short, helps you recruit, but also retain the best talent. Um, the war on talent uh, is something you're probably all too aware of at the moment, aren't you, Dan? A little bit, but I'm sure we'll get that. <laughs> um, so a little bit more about yourself, Dan. I've got here that you're the founder of uh, CX Squared, which is an outstanding tech recruitment business and has won uh, Tech Recruitment Business of the Year consecutively since 2020. It's pretty impressive. Dan also holds the position of board member of the West Midlands Combined Authority, digital skills lead at Birmingham Tech Week, and the creator and chair of the Brum Muse, which is a roundtable focused on providing solutions to bridge the digital skills gap in the West Midlands region. To say he's no stranger to the podcast, somehow manages actually to find time moonlighting as the recruitment doctor on his own uh, RecX podcast, uh, which is a much listener. And I think I was your second guest on that a few years ago as well. So it's nice to go full circle, Dan. Welcome today. Yeah, and fun enough, Carl, it wasn't even a few years ago, mate. It was only literally last year, but that's how wow. it feels at the moment. Wow, isn't it? yeah, doesn't it just? A lot's changed, I suppose. It's been an exciting two years. and. Obviously, the last 18 months of it has been all around um, this, this pandemic. Um, you know, there was like furlough, then redundancies, and now we're back. And actually, it's just gone back to what it was like before COVID. Candidate short in the tech industry and, uh, and obviously struggling to um, hire people or you're, you're fighting for it, right? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that as businesses, we've dealt with pretty much everything that could be thrown at us in the last 12 months, isn't it? And I think everyone's sort of feeling that there's, there's definitely some some tired folk out there and like you say uh, it was only a year ago I was on your podcast it feels like about five doesn't it <laughs> it's been pretty full on so anyway we're going to dive into that uh, we're going to use today's session to talk about the importance of evolving but ultimately harnessing technology uh, to manage our talent uh, and what is quickly being defined as the worker-led era so without further ado let's start with the big one Dan the great resignation uh, causing shockwaves across the industry at the moment and, and indeed the world. What's your take on what this means for sort of the future of how businesses go about managing their talent in this sort of gig-led economy? When you, I think when we talk about the great resignation, I think, you know, let's not beat around the bush. There's always been a great resignation within the tech industry. It's just that I think it's been brought to the front a little bit more something that's important because we've had a few key things happen um so the first thing i would say is yeah we've come out of a pandemic where people were in furlough so you were getting you know people that were looking for work and so i think employers uh that were fortunate enough to hire over the last uh well the start of the first sort of few lockdown uh were, were getting talent one at a slightly cheaper rate potentially 
uh, but also there was more of it. Um, but if we think before that, you know, we were still fighting for tech talent in particular. It's just that we weren't focusing really on, on the key traits. And what I talk about a lot is employee engagement um, and employer brands. So before you could sell a job off a job description, uh, you come in for an interview, see the offices, um, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, blown away by the free fruit and the t- pool table yeah. and the table tennis <laughs> table. But actually now, that was my second thing, is we've now gone to more remote working culture. So what are we doing as organisations to, there's no point in selling your free fruit or your coffee because you can't get to it um, unless your employers are kind enough to post it to you or whatever. You know, that's just <laughs> not, it's not, it's not a thing. So how are we then focusing around your employer brand and your culture? Because, you know, working off a job description just doesn't cut it anymore. And so when we talk about managing talent in my opinion is actually now focusing on way before the job description but talk about your values your purpose your vision why did you set up your organization to start off with what's that journey look like how has it evolved as an organization in terms of career opportunities in terms of empowerment in terms of the other third thing which was going to say diversity and inclusion because that's another big topic that's come up and not just in terms of hiring diversely in terms of you know, all of the, the key facets around um, gender, um, you know, uh, people of colour, neurodiversity, disability, LGBTQ+, but actually, more importantly, how are you being more inclusive to those people? So, yes, you've got 50% um, gender equality, but are you letting parents leave early to go pick up their kids? It's, it's more than that. Um, so we're now having to focus on all of those culture engagement pieces. But then when you, you fight to attract talent, what are you doing then to ensure that they're happy? Because it's all good that you onboard them well. They've got all of their, um, their gear, their tech, they've got their logins. But then what happens after? What's the aftercare look like in terms of that engagement piece? And uh, inevitably, if you do those things, you will just, you will retain I've got a really good example of this, Dan, that I found out myself yesterday. So I know of a, a big tech company, London-based, who now have the ability and certain floors of the office where you can book a hot desk to take your dog to work. Because so many people have gone and got a pooch during lockdown. They now have got to come back into work. And uh, dog sitting in, in central London is a real problem. It all goes yeah. in the mounting yeah. pot, doesn't it? And that's a bit of a silly example. Like well, you say, it all goes back to purpose and then making people feel... it's just it's about empathy though isn't it it's Mm. just about going the extra mile to go and understand that people have got issues um and it's whether they one have got the ability to be sort of honest with you about those issues uh but also secondly and and understand that well have they just had kids because we all know about the baby boom during lockdown yeah yeah? you know about that (laughs) i know about that um and and it's about that appreciation i think a lot, to be fair, a lot of businesses have started to appreciate that. But it's also when things happen, it's just being able to go, look, I'm human, you're human, right? Let's just do the human thing and be like, if there's an issue, go and deal with it instead of making it this massive drama or being like, okay, you're going to have to take half a day's holiday or you're going to have to take a day's holiday. And it's little things like that, which cost absolutely nothing. Um, well, maybe those hot, hot desking. but you know it's the little things that people appreciate um that don't you don't have to go and blow the bank on it's so true isn't it and like you said it all comes back to empathy and i think 
you know, just in my experience alone, I think that that work and work life and home life thing has become really, really blurry. So if we're going to, you know, invite people into our homes, our home offices we're sat in now, it's about give and take, isn't it? And like you say, empathising, because you know what, if if you need to finish work early or whatever, it it costs us nothing really, as long as it's give and take. And I think if businesses capitalise on that, they will have a competitive advantage because they'll retain that talent ultimately um, and have a better working relationship with their people and their management. If, if people enjoy, you know, their, and, and they've got that mutual respect within an organisation, they'll work for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I've got no, I've got no worries about anyone that works within CX Squared because we give them the flexibility to, to make those decisions and know that we'll, we'll give them the space um, and we'll know that the work will get done. Um, and if it isn't, then it will be addressed. Um, but people know that we're going to give them that flexibility. Whether people take advantage, of course, that's a risk. But like, surely let's spend some of that brain energy, that mental health energy, not worrying about those things. Because if you trust your people, for me, I think it'll get done. Yeah, I agree. So that's um, one side of the story. That's the human people factors. Let's talk about tech because we love talking about tech. So technology plays a massive role in enabling employees to be sort of productive, especially with this whole hybrid thing that everybody's still, I think, figuring out, to be honest. I think this will continually evolve over the next few years when we figure out what works and what doesn't. But the tech strategy of a business is also a signal to ultimately a a more tech-savvy workforce, which I think we're all becoming. Um, Is the business a good fit for them? So in your experience, is poor tech uh, one of the reasons that, that people leave companies? You know, is that a, a driving factor or, or, or on the flip side, a reason not to join a company? Yeah, so it's such a good question, by the way. What I like about it is that actually you can you can approach it in a few different ways. And, 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 and I suppose I don't want to give a sweeping statement, but say you took a business that wasn't tech-led, right? So traditional recruitment businesses, I'll give you an example, are not tech-led. They're not, they don't feel like they need, they, they feel like the only tech that they need is a telephone and a CRM. And that's why I think there's a lot of like things about, oh, well, we've all got to be in the office together so we can all get a sales buzz and all this. But actually, the reality is, is that for businesses that say aren't a tech company that maybe just use it for comms or whatever, like I think they've got a different positioning, for example. And then you've got other businesses like, say, you guys who are tech led um, in terms of your processes, in terms of your, your whole business, like without tech. You don't have a business. I think it's becoming a differentiator. I think the the bar for people in terms of the difference between being a tech-led business, which I would argue any successful modern business is on, on, on my side, is a differentiator because if not, you're working the old way. And I think one of the great examples is, you know, the legal world. You look at the legal world, very paper-driven in some businesses. And what's happening is, the people who are tech savvy putting tech at the center of their world are being able to deliver the service in a different way, uh, potentially more cost effective and therefore, I guess, more likely to attract talent. I think there's a generation shift in terms of what a business needs to do. So if you look at the the people you're hiring, if you look at Gen, Gen Z and millennials, we are more for tech whatever that might be, is it to get back time? Is it to be more organised? Is it to be more productive? And I'm all about that. Yeah, I am busy, but I am looking for ways to get back time. And, you know, things like Otter, because I can't write shorthand. You know, I don't know if you've heard of Otter. 
Yeah, I think you yeah. told me about it. Actually. We should probably explain for the benefit of the people. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. So Otter is a uh, piece of technology, which is like an app on your mobile, or it is, a, you can get it on the desktop version on your phone, whereby you can record a conversation like this, and it transcribes it to like every minute word, um, and even chucks in a few commas, and it identifies who the different speaker is, it's using AI. Um, and it's great because I can't keep up with, with notes. And I think it's because my brain works too fast or I, I definitely speak too fast. Um, but anyway, so it's, it's great for that. And then you've got other apps like Asana, um, Canva for, you know, putting together pieces of uh, all of these things that I just think save us time and keep us organized. I'm constantly looking for them. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on podcasts listening. At, like There's actual podcasts focused on productivity apps. It's amazing. And I'm like looking at them, I'm constantly trying to find other ways to, to be innovative. So to answer your question, I'm driving that internally in my organization to change it. Um, so, you know, for example, with some of our clients, we'll integrate with their Slack channels. So hiring managers need to get hold of us. They can just quickly just drop us a quick message. Um, and actually, I prefer it because no one likes a, 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 you know, a clogged up inbox, for example. Going off piece here, Dan, I think it's not necessarily just about tech it's the opportunity it presents us doesn't it both as yeah. businesses and as individuals because suddenly we don't we can reinvent the way that we do things and almost stand on the shoulders of giants and it enables us to compete with potentially the, the bigger people in our respective industries doesn't it we can use tech instead of just having you know thousands of people which was the old-fashioned way of we, we'll make loads of money we'll hire loads of people we'll scale that way and it'll all be grand that doesn't necessarily mean success these days anymore does it it's no it's the ball game a little bit but i think it, it shows innovation and i think actually regardless of what you use otter asana slack you know ultimately it's showing that you're forward thinking um and in mm -hmm. certain industries in this you know non-tech related industries like law or recruitment if you're being seen to to utilize tech and innovation the benefits of of it then i think you know it definitely from a generation shift um, you know, those are the ones that you're going to get bought in uh, that are going to, you know, that are going to be bought in. And to answer that question, we'll probably be less likely to leave um, because they see the value in it, um, especially when you're investing in it. And then from the tech perspective, you know, when we talk about modern technology, we talk about empowerment, right? The organizations that are going, right, right, we only use .NET, we only use PHP, we are not open to using anything else, right? Those are the ones where you're going to lose people because innovators good innovators forward thinkers good technologists but they're the ones that want to be utilizing new stuff do you know what i mean and want, want you to be at the heart of it so that's where you get buying i guess when you boil it down dan and pretty much expand on what you just said it all comes back to when you're looking at a prospective company to, to move to or even i know as i sit here and often interview people it's, it's ability to change isn't it if you if you've been using the same tech stack for 15 years is this a, a you know innovative business that can adapt to change easily? I would say probably not. So in the same way I look for engineers who can adapt quickly and deal with ambiguity, I'm looking for that in my prospective employer as well. So it's kind of not just about tech, it's about how quickly can you turn on a, a dime almost and change what you do. And I think there's plenty of examples here that, of businesses that have failed to do that and are, are no longer with us. You know, you think of people like H&B, they had a go but they left it too late didn't they um sort of online mm. music and all the rest of it and um, yeah. the people who innovated and moved quickly are still with us interesting next question <laughs> um 
what about automation now we have to talk about automation it's the law uh, on this podcast uh, so one of the most talked about benefits of automation is the ability to reduce manual repetitive tasks um utopia of this is that it puts technology to work to do what it's best at doing and frees up people to do what they're good at which is being human as you've already sort of touched on um allows them to upskill upskill potentially grow in their role and ultimately contribute to more strategic sort of opportunities as opposed to just copying and pasting in spreadsheets or whatever so it's a win-win however there's a widespread perception that automation is designed to replace human beings and basically get rid of people not just to simplify work it's just a way of getting rid of your workforce it is a, yeah. it is a common thread that we come across mm. um what's the feeling in the recruitment sector about opportunities and threats of sort of automation technology i think the one thing that comes to mind straight away and i, I think i put I, I did a youtube video on this for people that were struggling with their job search is that there's certain there's a bit of automation technology that if you think about like a grad role or i don't know take an it support role where there's multiple people um there's th this technology that's actually reading cvs before it even gets to an internal recruiter i've got a bit of an issue mm. with that yeah as you can i've imagine. seen these cvs as well where it's just a list of every bit of tech and engineers ever touched yeah. you actually look at the cv and it quite literally is just a bullet pointed list of every you know web tech they've laid their hands on in the last 25 years yeah <laughs> to no, get through the shift right the, the you're playing the game system. unfortunately you have to play the game um <laughs> i think ultimately i think it's lazy because you know i get that looking through a million cvs is not ideal but from a recruitment perspective surely that's what your clients pay you to do like they pay you to vet thoroughly but to also interview those people because you don't your, my job is to give that person career advice not to pass a cv through and then convince a client to go and interview them where we forget this and this is where i think automation is interesting is that but that's one of the ways not to use it but then i think we had this conversation about cvs right how long before cvs just disappear completely you know and we automate in a slightly different way because a job board is a way of automating it's just that a human is using a search engine well that search engine's the automation in that search um, and then you know i'm the human going through that and betting it like linkedin is already doing stuff like this where it's it's using tech see what people are clicking on in order to attract a candidate to go and apply for a job i think where automation won't be a threat is that part after you know the the real understanding of an emotional need or what i call you know like a, a candidate need or pull or push where there is something that is so important to a candidate career progression technology responsibilities projects culture company money benefits etc all of these different factors is not the need of a candidate so you've got to funnel down to understand what their need and desires are and then that is the stuff I don't think automation would ever get into, but I'm sure in two years' time you'll be like, oh Dan, guess what? This technology has done just uh, done this. It's called the emotive robot or whatever. Well, I, I think, think you're right. It yeah. goes back to those human factors we talked about before. Let automation do the boring stuff and let the people do the people stuff. It's basically what we're saying, isn't it? And I, I think you're right. I think tech will only ever take us so far. You need those real conversations, that empathy again that you talked about before of. What does this person really want? What are they after? I think from my perspective, I think automation can help us in terms of job search, in terms of 
we could use tests, competency-based stuff to prove what people have said and done and, you know, have they got the tech skills potentially in that sort of recruitment scenario. But what you can't really test with that is what's their motivation? Is this what they really want? Would they be a good fit for our culture? And all of those sorts of soft things that are really hard to yeah, put yeah. into technology, I suppose. Yeah, this, and this is the stuff that, you know, you, you're just never going to see between the whites of the eyes. Because sometimes, And that's why I've been finding really hard about interviews at the moment because you know we've been automating a lot of um you know interview processes you know about this like where we get these individuals to effectively talk about their experiences um over video and i think this is where automation would be amazing um if we make that a habit where you're actually yeah. bringing that cv to life without you having to worry about going through it how many candidates do you think people employers have rejected based off like words of a cv and then, oh, they could have been good. Because then actually, that's my job um, to then go and speak to the, the, the client and go, oh, by the way, they've got this, they've got that, they've got this, they've got that, and they're going to be really good for this role. Um, I think you should look at them. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've got examples in my uh, recruitment of, of folks where we've looked at a CV and it's, you know, maybe poorly worded or, or not been spell checked, but whatever. And we've had taken a bit of a punt on it and got them in and they've turned out to be an absolutely fantastic employee. But I'm sure there's been times where we've discounted somebody based on their CV. And actually, if we'd have spoken to them and got to know them, they'd potentially be really good and we will never know what we didn't have. I think recruitment is changing hugely, isn't it? It's, in my mind, you you write a cover letter, you do a CV, you send it in, you get a you know some sort of interview, maybe some sort of competency test you get a second or third interview, maybe a presentation, you get a job at the end of it. And I think, I think we're almost, we've got to be real, haven't we? Is that still fit for purpose? And I'm sure for some roles it probably is, but for others it's probably very wrong. Yeah, and, and look, that's where it's, uh, yeah, it is is going to be broke. I mean, the only thing that was automated really, you know, in recruitment 10 years ago, is like that automatic, the auto-reject button, you are not... You are not being successful for this. Thank you for your time. We wish you the best of luck with your future job search. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Um, or, you know, when, you're, when you use a database to, um, you know, a random mail shot to a million people in your database to see who might be looking for work. I think this is where the, the automation factor can really, if used smartly, can benefit. But I just think that you've got to work hand in hand because, like I said, you can't move away from that sort of relationship yep. and, you know, that, that need and motivational aspect. Especially when you think about everything we've already discussed, where that is almost front and centre now, isn't it? It's about purpose, the business, does it align to the person's goals? Is, is the purpose of the business singing to the individual? Are they on board with all that? So yeah, automation's only getting you so far. And then it's all about the, the purpose piece. I think it's, to, to me, the automation really is the process. So what does that look like? And I have no idea because I'm not a recruiter, but I can imagine you have employed technology to help you find good quality candidates. Yeah, because I think that's that's where automation, I think, plays that part, is where you, you talk about psychometric tests being sent, that's automated. It's the bit where it, it's going to get clever, where it's actually identifying, you know, more than just keywords, which is where it'll be interesting. But we know that there's thing, good things coming on the horizon. But I've seen things where, say, six years ago, people are trying to, create platforms for clients and candidates to talk but it's not worked because 
the whole point is that if automation could save time, then you're not really saving time in that instance because they're still having to spend time sifting through candidate CVs, sifting through covering letters, doing the interview. So you're not saving time. If anything, you're spending more time in the process. Uh, many businesses still have a very manual sort of onboarding process. And it's something we know um, where automation can drive significant efficiencies in making that new recruit as quickly as possible. How important would you say that onboarding process is in sort of that talent journey? I think it's the uh, it's, it's probably the second most important part at, at, that, at that stage of that employee journey. Um, so the first thing, obviously, is you know that buy-in at interview stage. You know during that interview process, to, so you know it makes them want to join. But this is the first indicator of what it's actually like to work inside a business. So that onboarding piece has got to be nailed because you know if if you if you're not getting it right, that what what are the impressions of that employee before they um, before they're joining, you know, they're going to be questioning, you know, what's going on. Well, this is what it's like. I'm not even joining. You know, how organised are they? Do they know what they're doing? What have I got into? You don't want anyone having doubts before they start from day one, right? So, I think automation is massive. E-signature software is getting more and more used when it comes to contract signatures, um, but minimising those steps of having to send an email like how can you automate it it's, it's massive like automation in terms of that you know talk about customer experience at that point i think your employee is a customer so how are you how are you going to make that nice and smooth in terms of transition from as small as key passes to logins to email all of these th different things so how can you automate that in one step or as minimal steps as possible i think that's some some excellent advice and i guess as an employee, when you're waiting to start with that that new business, I guess you're feeling quite vulnerable because it's all new. You, you're not the, the person you were in your previous job. You've got everything to prove there's doubt, uncertainty and the rest of it. So you want to be as, as comfortable and prepared as you can be for that first day. So if that's bumpy, then, then like you say, you start to have doubts that, you know, is this a great place? Have, have they lied to me at interview and stuff like that? Um, hmm. One example I wanted to, to share with you really quickly, um, and I won't give the name of the business, but I've got a good example of this, is um, we had a, a, a mid-senior uh, level manager start at a, a large business, large UK business, and they arrived on day one. Uh, their manager was actually on holiday. Um, the relevant uh, steps hadn't been taken internally for them to have their new laptop provision, the phone sorted. Um, their accounts even weren't created. And I was at the time working with the IT team and we we very quickly tried to pull this together for this member of staff, found them a laptop out the back, quickly built it, literally as the guys stood there waiting on the first day of his new job. Um, pretty terrible experience for him. We, we got him sorted by about sort of lunchtime that day because this stuff takes time and we were unprepared. Um, but long story short, I think the, the guy lasted four days and, and quit. He just said, I'm, you know, clearly not important to you so um, thanks very much I'm, I'm not going to take this job and that's that's massive isn't it absolutely awful so yeah why not build that process involve hr at the very beginning to make sure that you're there on day one for that nice package um you know the stuff you see on linkedin you see people like um atlassian i know are really good at this you get the nice box the notepad the laptop bag etc and already you're feeling quite excited to start your new role as opposed to stood at an it service desk talking to somebody like me and i'm saying i'm really sorry your kit's not ready um it's night and day isn't it yeah and i think the other thing i was going to touch on that is, is the comms you know a lot of start think about the fact that you know a lot of people 
you talk about vulnerability, they would have taken other offers. If they've taken your offer and potentially rejected other offers, you don't want any doubt because that, that you know, it takes one phone call, it takes one phone call to go and reverse that. Um, you know, yeah, you take it for true. granted. You think, okay, well, they've signed the contract. Uh, no, some candidates will be very, um, very quick to just go and flip it on its head um, and they'll go back on their word um, because it's candidate, it's a candidate short market. So, you know, you, you've got to think about these things, never take it for granted. Yeah, good advice. Um, what do you think needs to change at board level to ensure that your automation strategy, whatever that might be, has employee experience sort of at the centre of it? Yeah, I think that the communication chain, first of all, needs to be consistent. For me, instead of hiring for skills, you need to understand a set of core values from the top down. So what are you missing? What do you want more of? So if you're hiring for diversity, what are you trying to actually, what diversity of thought are you hiring for, first of all? And then from a culture perspective, um, what do you need more of? What is missing or what do you want to evolve? And if you've got that sort of core set of values or goals, then you then build out from there. You set your interview questions around those. Whereas what most people do is that they set interview questions looking for certain answers that they think they want to know, which aren't in line with the core values or the culture of the business. I think that's excellent advice. And to boil that down, I would say it's about alignment. It's from the top down the most senior person in the business to the most junior yeah. and how you get everybody on the same page because if you've done that everyone's pulling in the same direction and whatever those objectives are whether they're recruitment or the business goals or the purpose or whatever everybody gets what we're trying to achieve and how and then also the most junior person understands the part they play in contributing towards that doesn't it which then feeds into purpose as you said alignment and, and ultimately uh, really enjoying the work that they do and staying with us for as long as possible because we're all pushing in the same direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we talk about employee experience, like I say, it's not just limited to benefits and perks. So when we talk about inclusion, inclusivity, this is another example. Like, like if, you, if you've got someone that doesn't drink in your, in your business, um, what's the point in doing every event being boozy? The recruitment industry, for me, as we're all very boozy um and i don't mind a drink but i want my people to feel like that's not what we're, we're about um i want it to feel inclusive so therefore i've got to do events that are not just about going to the to the pub or go to the bar which i'm happy to do but you know it, i think there's more to it um and then we do you know when we talk about recognition when you talk about doing the school run it doesn't cost anything to let someone go out i think there's um uh, especially as, as leaders, as we both are, Dan, within our respective businesses, I think seeing other people do that has massive benefit. And I'm not saying we should do stuff because it looks good to our staff. No. But when you know you do that for your for your employee, no doubt they speak to others. And and what tends to happen, I've noticed, is when other managers in the company realise that it's okay to be that way, and that we should be people first, we should look after them. They start doing it too, and therefore the team. Um, learn from each other so from a leadership perspective doing that and leading by example is I think really important because that speaks volumes more than any these are our company values you will sign up to them there they are in that document when you can see and feel them on a daily basis that's that's massive isn't it yeah absolutely and and on that note like Gen Z they did these interviews with like loads of like young people 
that were like graduated or like, uh, you know, looking at career option at, at college and school and um, at college at university or whatever. Um, that sort of 16 to 24 year old market as it stands now. And the biggest thing that was the driver for them was not salary. It wasn't money. It was recognition and it was working with an organization that just that that wanted them to flourish, that were empowering them and enabling them. Are those words that, you know, leaders are using? Yes, I think they are, but I don't think it's used enough. So that's where I think it's interesting um, in terms of like where I think it's going from, a, you know, from that employee engagement uh, piece. And also the other thing I was going to touch on very quickly was CX, customer experience. Mm-hmm. If your employees are engaged and bought into you um, and they love, they're happy and they're loving what's going on, that is automatically going to be reciprocated customer side. I think there's that famous uh, Richard Branson quote, isn't there, that you look after your people because they look after your customers. And it's exactly that, isn't it? Um, Thank you very much. Um, So in summary, technology is playing a bigger role than ever before in differentiating businesses who are competing for talent during this great resignation, as it's been called. And it's no secret that, as we just said, good customer experiences come from good employee experiences. Uh, Process automation can give businesses an advantage in meeting these massively high expectations of a digital first employer enabling them to be the best that they can be in whatever role it is that they do uh, so developing an automation strategy that prioritizes employee experience is um, really really important and is essential to remaining competitive in the future um, we hope today's session has been helpful to you join us next time uh, for the automation conversation podcast dan thank you very much for joining us today thank you For more information and inspiration on getting your automation strategy right, download our free automation success kit at sferica.co.uk slash resources.